Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, dear family. How are you, beloved ones? Um, I'm so glad to be with you. We're thrilled. It's Friday, so we have a whole weekend before us. And you know, there's so many topics, articles, news that we could speak about. Um, But I took a look. I'm so behind on answering your emails that I already took a look at our first email from Marie and... um, There's no date on it, but I'm sure it's a bit old. Uh, I need to catch up on your email. So I'm going to do that the entire hour today, beloved. And the reason is because I read um, uh, Maria's email, and it has to do with venial versus um, um, mortal sin. And so many people don't understand that. And this is a mother with children who wants to understand it. So it's a wonderful topic for us, and I'm going to go straight to Maria's email, which means we'll keep the entire hour open, dear one, for your calls. Um, Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Marie writes this, Hello, Mother Miriam. Thank you for the wonderful work you are doing. If you don't mind, I don't truly understand grave sin. I've read the catechism on the subject, etc., but am still confused. I am homeschooling my kids in preparation for their first confession and first communion, but am struggling with the topic of sin. Maria says, last week, my seven-year-old stole... Uh, something from his grandmother, which she was going to give him anyway. Then he proceeded to lie about it. She had a huge talk with him on the subject that night, but now he has broken two, if not three or more, of the Ten Commandments in what I think is a pretty drastic way. My question is, is he in grave sin? He went over the ten. We went over the Ten Commandments after the incident, but he knew um, stealing is wrong. Should I try to make sure he goes to confession sooner than he would have normally with the other second graders this fall? Um, um, well, if he if he can go to confession. Now, let's see, you're preparing him for um, First Communion, so he hasn't received First Communion yet. That's good. Um, But if the priest will receive him, Marie, um, yes, I would make an appointment with the priest, not just in the confessional. I would make an appointment because what he's done is commit grave sin. It is grave sin. Um, and he needs to understand breaking the commandments are grave sin. We can't, cannot break any of the Ten Commandments and 
and be in, in the grace of God, be in good standing with God. I'm going to read a couple of things. One of them, because this is so, so important. Um, uh, on the Catholic.com website for Catholic Answers, and one of the articles takes this up, and about halfway down the article it says, what is mortal and venial sin? And this is straight from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'm quoting now. Number 1855 and following. Mortal sin destroys charity in the heart of man, by a grave violation of God's law, it turns man away from God by preferring an inferior good to God. Venial sin allows charity to subsist, though it offends and wounds it. Again, mortal sin results in the privation of sanctifying grace, that is, of the state of grace If it is not redeemed by repentance and God's forgiveness, it causes exclusion from Christ's kingdom and the eternal death of hell. Then, 1862, one commits venial sin when in a less serious matter, venial sin now, when in a less serious matter, he does not not observe the standard prescribed by the moral law or when he disobeys the moral law in a grave matter, but without full knowledge or complete consent. So, in order to have more uh, mortal sin, you need to know that it's grave, and you need to do it of your own free will, and that is, you would purposely cut yourself off from God. I doubt that's what your son has done. I doubt it's mortal sin on his part. He needs to be educated in this, but it's definitely... Uh, venial sin, and I think a serious one. Venial sin, uh, catechism again, weakens charity and merits temporal punishment. Deliberate and unrepented venial sin disposes us little by little to commit mortal sin. However, venial sin does not break the covenant with God. With God's grace, it is humanly repairable. Venial sin does not deprive the sinner of sanctifying grace, of friendship with God, charity, and consequently does not rob him of eternal happiness. So I would say here, Marie, the question is to know your son. Um, It would be difficult to say that a child of seven does not know that stealing from his grandmother and doing other um, such serious sins uh, is not... um, truly sinning against God, if he's raised in a Catholic home, excuse me, pardon me, one moment, if he is raised in a Catholic home, um, he should know what he's doing is very serious. At the very least, I would say take him to confession um, and explain to him these things. He must apologize to God. He must complete whatever penance the priest will give him. He must go to his grandmother and tell her what he's done and apologize to her. He must. He must repair that. He must make reparation. I'm going to go further uh, because, Marie, your email has brought up the opportunity. People don't know what mortal sins are. Now, again... 
mortal sin is a grave sin. But if somebody doesn't know it, if they're Catholic and don't know it, I would say they're responsible to know their faith, but they may not know that. Uh, Protestants, others can commit very grave sins. They commit them whether they're Catholic or not, but their accountability will vary before God. The word mortal means death, and every Catholic should know what a serious sin is. And if they commit it, such as abortion and murder and same-sex so-called marriage and all of that, homosexuality, they must know that if they commit it, they don't. They may say, well, I don't believe the church. Well, then you're not Catholic. But if you call yourself Catholic and you commit these sins, you know that the church says they are grave and you are doing it in full knowledge and of your own free will, you are excommunicating yourself. You are saying, I know this will separate me from God and his grace, which means if I die in that state, I'll be on my way to hell. And you commit it anyway. It's, for you, it is mortal. Can you be forgiven? Yes, through a priest. You must go to a priest. Or in a case where you can't get to a priest, war or something like that, you must make an act of perfect contrition. Um, I've come across another article um, on PadrePeregrino.org, and he lists, this priest lists, 15 mortal sins Catholics are frequently missing in their confessions. Number one. Now, I I won't read these through, but if anybody questions them, uh, Father has explained them all. Um, uh, and I won't... Um, well, I, I might, I might. if we have the time, I'll read them through, but just before we get to a break, I'm going to just list them. Number one, these are mortal sins that uh, many Catholics are missing in their confessions. Number one, contraception, IVF, which is uh, intro fer- uh, veto fertilization and abortion. Those are number one. Two, uh, forgive me for saying this over the air so bluntly, but this is, it's in the catechism. Masturbation and or pornography before marriage or within marriage, or within marriage, beloved. Three, immodesty, including wearing leggings and short shorts, immodesty. Um, I can read through these for you, I will. Our Lady of Fatima said that. Four, before marriage, making out or anything more passionate than that. Five, in marriage, anything unnatural. Um, uh, I could I did, could describe this. It'll become a bit of a uh, a program where children shouldn't listen. Six homosexual acts. Seven chronic failure to catechize your children. Eight greatly harming someone's reputation. Um, nine, missing Sunday Mass without good reason and or unnecessary work on Sunday. Well, there's 15, and we don't have time for me to read all 15. I'm going to read these, dear ones, when I come back. When we come back from the break, you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 
1-800-273-5483. Email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Terry and Jesse Show. This is Jesse Romero from The Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Station of the Cross radio network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hello, beloved family. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. And because we had our first email um, from a woman named Marie who was asking how serious the sins of her seven-year-old uh, were, who stole something from his grandmother, uh, and then he proceeded to lie about it. Those are two very serious sins, stealing and lying. Those are among the seven sins that God says he hates in the book of Proverbs. Um, and now he's broken at least two or three of uh, the Ten Commandments or more, and the mother wants to know if, if he's in grave sin. Well, again, um, he is in grave sin. But uh, he may not be accountable for that if he doesn't clearly understand that. At seven years old, being raised in a Catholic home, he should clearly understand that. But again, um, grave sin is not necessarily mortal sin. It is serious sin on the soul. Um, Mortal sin would be the case of a grave sin where the individual knows it's grave, where he or she knows that it will separate him from God, 
and where they do it freely of their own free will. They're not frightened into it, they're not coerced, they're not drunk, all of that. Then it becomes mortal and separation from God. I doubt in the case of this seven-year-old who's not even had his first communion, that it would be mortal, but I do think it's grave. I do think it's serious, and I do think that that seven-year-old needs to have an appointment with a priest, a good holy priest, um, who will explain the seriousness of this and that every sin is against God. But I have come across, because of this uh, uh, Marie's email, to an article, and I was just going to read you the headings, but I think I'm going to read it through. I, I've read some of it during the break, and I think it's just too good to leave out. I'm on the website of PadrePeregrino.org and saw that it was the website of Father David Nix, N-I-X. He's also an author at 1 Peter 5. And he says, why do we need confession and what is mortal sin? All right. And I'm just going to read what Father writes here. It's so important. He says, we are all born in original sin meaning the status quo of even the cutest baby on earth before baptism has natural goodness, but no supernatural goodness. Still, God has a plan of supernatural beatitude planned for that baby in heaven in both body and soul. Because transmitted original sin separates us all from God, it would take a great sacrifice of God-man of a God-man, to reconcile any person born in sin. God, because of only a pure and blameless and boundless sacrifice, can appease an infinite offense against an infinitely good God. Man, because a sacrifice of man is needed, since, as the writer to the Hebrews says, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus, the only thing that can reconcile us sinners to God is a God-man, Jesus Christ, on his cross. The merits of his passion, death, and resurrection are communicated first by baptism and later confession of actual sins to a priest. I'm going to add to that a bit. The entire New Testament, which says there's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood, the reason that we human beings, fallen human beings, cannot atone for Adam and Eve's sin or for our own is because it takes the blood of a sinless, pure animal to atone for sins, which is why only the sin of a spotless, the spotless Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who became man for us, uh, took on flesh to the Virgin Mary and became man for us, whose blood is absolutely pure. Not a single Old Testament sacrifice could atone for sin. Not even all the lambs for 1,500 years of the Mosaic sacrificial system, millions of them, none of them could atone for sin. It needs the pure blood of a spotless lamb. And Jesus became that for us. The Lamb of God, who took away the sins of the world who died for us while we were yet in our sin. It is the only sacrifice that suffices for our sins, the only atonement God will accept, the only satisfaction. We can do a million good things. It will not atone for our sin. 
only the blood of the Lamb of God has, which is why to put our trust in his atoning sacrifice for us and then following that, his resurrection from the dead, it's the only thing that can save, nothing else. And Father Nix goes on to say, if we have the grace of being baptized as babies or even adults, then we have gained what is called sanctifying grace. The only way a Catholic can lose sanctifying grace is by committing a mortal sin. And again, mortal means death. So it's a sin strong enough that it severs our life from God. It severs the life of grace in our heart. And that has to be by our purpose. There is no gray area in this matter, Father Nick says. It's extremely black and white. Again, every baptized Catholic on the planet is either in sanctifying grace or mortal sin. When we're baptized, as you know, the original sin is removed from us and God pours his life into us, his sanctifying grace, cleansing, forgiving, restoring grace. And the only way we can lose that is by committing mortal sin. Those who die in sanctifying grace go to heaven or heaven via purgatory, we might go to purgatory because we have some temporal sins yet to, to, to uh, uh, repair, but we're on our way to heaven. Those who die in mortal sin go to hell. There are many sins like murder or child abuse that most Catholics know are mortal sins, but the popes and saints and Bible and magisterium are divine revelation that make it very clear that most modern Catholics are missing some major mortal sins in their confessions. I, says this good priest, I have listened, uh, I've listed below, rather, the 15 most commonly missed mortal sins, not necessarily in order of gravity. I start with the sexual sins, not because they are the most flashy, but simply to get them out of the way first. Father says, I actually hate writing blog posts like this, but I care for so many lost Catholics. And he says, what is a venial and a mortal sin? He says, 1 John chapter 5 delineates between venial and mortal sin. Quote from 1 John 5, 17, all iniquity is sin. And there is a sin unto death. End quote. A venial sin is a smaller sin than can be relieved by asking God's forgiveness. So a venial sin is a smaller sin, less serious, and it can be relieved by asking God's forgiveness and saying in our Father, similar to the means by which Protestants claim we are freed from sins in general, as they make no distinction between venial and mortal sins, even though it is explicit in Scripture. A mortal sin, however kicks, this is Father's terminology, kicks the Blessed Trinity out of our soul. And the only way to regain our Lord's friendship is through confession to a priest. John chapter 20, verse 23. What constitutes, what constitutes a mortal sin? First, grave deeds. But besides grave matter, there is also required full consciousness of the gravity of the matter, along with the deliberate will to commit. 
excuse me, to commit the sin. That's uh, in the Catechism of of St. Pius X. I'm going to read that again. What constitutes a mortal sin? First, grave deeds. But besides grave matter, there is also required full consciousness of the gravity of the matter, along with the deliberate will to commit the sin. From the Catechism of St. Pius X, that's valid still today. Um, Father writes, now most of the emphasis over the past 50 to 70 years has been put on the subject, on the subjective two parts of that above definition. But even the new catechism of the Catholic Church says of vincible, that is lazy ignorance, we're accountable for it, that, quote, this ignorance can often be imputed to personal responsibility. And this is the case when a man takes little trouble to find out what is true and good, or when conscience is by degrees almost blinded through the habit of committing sin. In such cases, the person is culpable for the events he commits. That's straight from the Catechism, uh, 1790 and 91. In other words, Father writes, if you are reading this blog, now listen to this as serious, dear ones. If you are reading this blog, you are responsible for knowing the below 15 sins. Even if you stop reading now, you are still responsible before God. You see, God holds us accountable for what we know, not what we don't know, but he holds us accountable for what we have the opportunity of knowing that's being presented from us and we turn away. So if you would like the information on these 15 um, mortal sins, go to padreperegrino.org, P-A-D-R-E, Padre Peregrino, P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-O dot org. You need to read them. And again, dear ones, if you don't, you are still accountable for them. And if you stand before God and you're not on your way to heaven, um, you, you won't be an excuse to say, well, mother read them on the radio. She never got to the list. No, you're responsible. Now you are. Padre Pio says, Padre Peregrino rather says, Father David Nick says, the good news, however, is that with a, now listen to this. Uh, Oh, I, I cannot recommend this enough. With a general confession, that is a lifetime confession of all your sins, you will leave the confessional as clean and as strong as a baby on the day of its baptism. And you will feel it immediately. The one thing greater than your ability to sin is your heavenly father's ability to forgive you. So I promise you that God is powerful enough to forgive even the most serious or the most embarrassing sins that you confess. We priests have heard them all, so it's impossible to shock us. We will not be mean to you. Confession might seem hard, but think of the trade-off. You trade 10 minutes of embarrassment for an eternity in hell that Jesus paid by being tortured for 17 hours for you from the garden to Caiaphas's house to the scourging to the cross. The merits of his death for you are communicated by baptism and confession. That is the trade-off. 
that Jesus Christ paid the penalty of all the below sins, all these 15, dear ones, such as such is his infinite mercy. Just confess the below sins to a solid priest, that is, a priest who will respect your conscience because you will feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. Just believe the church saints and doctors. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear family, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we received an email from Marie this morning um, uh, where she explained her seven-year-old son's um, quite serious sins of stealing and lying and wanted to know how serious it was and if she should take him for confession prior to having First Communion with, I guess, the other children. And my answer is absolutely yes. He must understand the seriousness of his sin. It's... Uh, I'm... I'm I, I don't imagine it's mortal sin, but it, it is venial sin, but it, it's sin that should not wait. He must understand that every sin is against God and that these are included in the sins God hates. Um, <clears throat> and then we I found an article on the website, PadrePeregrino.org, who's talking about mortal and venial sin. I tell you, dear ones, 
so many people have asked for a list of the sins that are mortal. And again, they're not mortal if someone doesn't know and doesn't deliberately commit them of his free will. They're just as grave. But our accountability of whether they're mortal, whether they separate us from God, uh, is, is God alone knows that. We may know it. We may know our accountability. We may know that uh, being with someone out of marriage is a mortal sin, and we may commit it and plan to go to confession, but um, being intimate with someone like that, uh, but maybe we'll die before confession and we will not be in heaven because God is serious. The faith is serious, and God gives us every single, every single opportunity to, to be forgiven. That's what he wants. He wants us. He wants to forgive us, but he, he's not going to force us. And um, Father David Nix, who is Padre Peregrino on the, on the Internet, is, um, I, I tell you, I've just come across him, and he, uh, I, I, I'm so thankful for him. He lists 15 mortal sins Catholics are frequently missing in their confessions. So maybe Catholics confess it. Uh, these sins at times, but they don't understand that they're mortal. They don't understand that their soul has been in danger of eternal hell without a good confession. So Padre Peregrino, Father David Nix, has done us a great, great service and gift uh, for this article. And he says that if you stop reading now, even if you don't hear the 15 mortal sins, you are already now accountable for them because you know that this article exists and you're already accountable for it, even if you refuse to read it. Um, <clears throat> because God has brought it to us. So um, I'm going to read number one is contraception, IVF, which is um, in vitro fertilization and abortion. And I'm going to explain I'm going to give the father's explanation for it because many people don't understand that. Some people say, well, my priest told me to contracept. Well, your priest will be accountable for God to God for putting you in mortal sin. You will still be accountable. You will not be off the hook because your priest told you. We are responsible for knowing our faith, dear ones. And if priests, there are many good and holy priests and many good and holy bishops, but there are also many who have forfeited the faith and are leading the sheep astray and um, and will not tell us the truth for one reason or another. Maybe they've lost their faith and they don't believe it anymore or they don't agree with the church, which means they're not Catholic. Um, but God says, this is the catechism, God says these things are mortal sin. These things are grave sin. And if we know them, and we do them anyway, then we are we have excommunicated ourselves from God. That's what it means to be in mortal sin, to have put God out of our lives. We have done that. So contraception, <clears throat> introvito uh, fertilization and abortion, Father says, most readers here know that abortion is murder. But many Catholics do not know that contraception, in marriage or out of marriage, is a mortal sin. Both sterilization of the man or woman and or the condom, male or female, is a mortal sin. These must be confessed to enter sanctifying grace. But there is a worse contraceptive than there is a worse contraceptive sin than even the condom or sterilization within marriage. 
many Catholics do not know that the oral contraceptive and the IUD function half the time as a contraceptive and half the time as an abortive patient. I explained the medicine of that in um, in another podcast of fathers that he um, notes on his website. This means that Catholic women on the pill and the men who sleep with them should confess their sorrow, not only for the mortal sin of contraception in marriage, but also having killed any of their own children through the use of the pill, the shot or the birth control implant in the arm, same thing. All these um, are chemically wired to first stop ovulation, ovulation, and then as a backup to slough off the inner lining of the uterus to eject newly formed individuals, that is your children, in into the toilet, he writes. As most readers know, IVF requires you to sacrifice about 20 of your own children, both embryo reduction and freezing, to get about two of them born. Thus, IVF is literally murdering and freezing many of your children to get a few born for yourself. God can quickly forgive the murder of children, even if, a, if even a priest as intense as me will not scream at anyone in the confessional for this sin, then neither will any priest out there. Just confess it, even if you didn't know it. The second point, you must go to confession, beloved, if you've done any of this. And if you're on the pill and you intend to continue on the pill, there's no point in going to confession because the confession has to have a firm resolve to uh, be done with that sin. The second thing, Father List, I'm going to see if there's any calls in between these points. Our toll-free number, dear ones, is one 511 5483 If you have young children listening, you might have them occupied in another room. I didn't realize how strong this article would be, but we need it. We need it. The world needs it, beloved. Um, there's people have lost their faith. They decide what they want to believe in the Catholic faith and still call themselves Catholic and still receive the Eucharist. That's one mortal sin on top of another one. Father's second point is this, masturbation and or pornography before marriage or within marriage. Some people think that as long as they're in marriage, that's acceptable, but it's not. It's not. It's mortal sin. And Father says, some saints have pointed out that sins which exacted physical death in the Old Covenant uh, under God's Jewish law are frequently the sins that cause spiritual death in the New Testament, according to the Catechism. God directly only kills a few people in the Old Testament. Onan is one of them. But Onan knew... I'm quoting Genesis 38 now. Onan knew because Onan used to waste his sin. Um, And God put him to death for it. It's a form of contraception. And it says Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. 
So whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste the semen on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and God put him to death. Thus, sterilization and masturbation and the use of the condom is a mortal sin, even when no pornography is used. How about pornography without masturbation? This, too, is a mortal sin, since Jesus said, quote, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. End quote from Matthew chapter 5. In this vein, Father says, simply lusting after a woman or a man on the street can be mortal sin. But thankfully, St. Francis de Sales, a doctor of the church, gives us some parameters to know if we consented to such temptations. And St. Francis de Sales says, sometimes we are caught off guard by certain symptoms of pleasure immediately following a temptation. At most, this can only be a very slight venial sin. However, it becomes greater if... After we perceived the evil that has befallen us, we carelessly delay for some after we perceive the evil that has befallen us, we carelessly delay for some time and daily within the pleasure with the pleasure to decide whether we ought to allow or reject it. The sin becomes still greater. If after becoming aware of the pleasure, we dwell on it for some time through downright negligence and without any determination to reject it, when we voluntarily and with full deliberation resolve to take pleasure in such delights, this deliberate purpose is of itself a grave sin if the object in which we take delight is also very evil. St. Francis de Sales wrote that in um, Chapter 4, Part 6 on Introduction to the Devout Light, Life uh, and subtitled How Temptation and Pleasure May Become Sinful. Okay, now let me just check for calls. I will take your calls if you call in, dear ones. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one. 5483. We'll go to our next point, but again, I'll say this is not a program for, for children today, um, but um, I, I think this next one will be all right. <clears throat> Number three, immodesty, including wearing legging, leggings and short shorts. Now, that's par for the course today, but that is under the category of mortal sin. Why? Father says, I could quote countless saints, and he points to where they are on the web. He said, but the most succinct description is what the mother of God said at Fatima, quote, certain fashions will be introduced that will offend our Lord very much. What are these certain fashions? If not leggings and short shorts, then what? Strangely, Many Catholic women know this quote from Fatima, but they only apply it to women who wear them less than themselves. Ladies, when you hear that quote from Our Lady of Fatima, I'm still reading Father's comment, that certain fashions will lead you and the men who look at you to hell. 
Are you imaging some imaginary time in the year 3022 when some fashion gets worse than leggings and short shorts? What could be more revealing than something that shows every nook and cranny below your waist? What would this magical outfit be that could be worse than that? There is nothing. Rather, let me assure you, the mother of God very much meant that short shorts, leggings, and bikinis will lead you to hell, including letting your little girls wear leggings. If you wear these things to Mass, you should also confess the sacrament, the sacrilege. If you don't believe my interpretation, Father says, my interpretation of Mary's words, then go for it, wear it, and let your daughters prance around Target in short shorts and leggings. But might I suggest Pascal's wager for this one? If your parish priest is right and Father Nix is wrong on his interpretation of Fatima, then the most you have lost is a little comfort in avoiding leggings for believing me in an erroneous state. But if Father Nix is correct in his interpretation that Mary meant nothing worse than leggings and short shorts, then just meditate on your first 15 seconds in hell. Oh, beloved, I'm going to continue when we come back from the break. one 877 We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic. It has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. I'm reading a lengthy article on the on 15 mortal sins that most people don't know are mortal or they don't understand why. And this is from Father David Nix. His website is padreperegrino.org. And I invite you, we have 10 minutes, our lines are open, to call in during this time uh, if you wish. And I'm going to continue with the article. And just before the break, we were talking about Our Lady's words at Fatima, that um, immodest fashions will send many people to hell. And Father Z joins in here, or rather Father David Nix quotes Father Z, Father Zolzoff, and he says, just meditate on your first 15 seconds in hell. Meditate on that 7,000 degree furnace for 15 seconds and the realization that you just lost God forever. Because you thought leggings, again, that showed every nook and cranny of your nether regions to every man around you, led you and countless men to hell for the sake of comfort. Am I using fear of hell to get you to stop wearing leggings and short shorts? Hell, yes, I am, he says. Better to, better to not do it. Better to stay out of hell for fear than for love of God. That's what we say. We should, we should, we're sorry for our sins um, because of God's justice and we fear the pains of hell, but it should be better because we don't want to offend God because we love him above all things. Number four, before marriage, making out or anything more passionate than that. Now, I... Um, visited a diocese about a month ago and I visited a number of classrooms in that diocese and I told the young men in middle school <clears throat> that not only are they never to lay a hand on a woman until the day they're ready to propose but they should never even tell her that they love her until they're ready to propose because words are the expression goes cheap and um, uh, you are, you are. Uh, there's no love in that. If you put your hands on a woman that you are not ready to lay down your life for, you have no right to touch her. If you're not ready to propose to her, you have no right to tell her you're mar- that you love her. If you'd love her, just keep it to yourself until you're ready to commit to her. And keep your hands off her until the day you propose. That is love. That is exercising manhood. That is putting your uh, potential future wife before yourself. This article is is much less demanding. It says, St. Thomas Aquinas writes, quote, uh, before marriage, making out or anything more passionate than that, St. Thomas Aquinas writes, I answer that a thing is said to be a mortal works. One may sin in two ways. First, by reason of its species, and in this way, 
A kiss, caress, or touch does not, of its very nature, imply a mortal sin, for it is, it is possible to do such things without lustful pleasure, either as being the custom of one's country or on account of some obligation or reasonable cause. And I've seen many people who, you know, they'll pat themselves on the shoulder or they'll kiss on both cheeks or they'll hug, just a normal cultural way of greeting one another. And secondly, St. Thomas Aquinas says, a thing is said to be a mortal sin by reason of its cause. Thus, he who gives an alms in order to lead someone into heresy sins mortally on account of his corrupt intention. Now it has been stated that it is a mortal sin not only to consent to the act, but also to the delectation of a mortal sin. Wherefore, since fornication is a mortal sin, and much more to the other kinds um, of lust, it follows that in such like sins, only not only it follows, sorry, that in such like sins, in such like sins, not only consent to the act, but also consent to the pleasure is a mortal sin. I better read that again. Wherefore, since fornication is a mortal sin, and much more so the other kinds of lust, it follows that in such like sins not only consented to, uh, not only consented to the act, but also consent to the pleasure is a mortal sin. Consequently, when these kisses and caresses are done for this delectation, it follows that they are mortal sins, and only in this way are they said to be lustful. Therefore, insofar as they are lustful, they are mortal sins. Um, so I, I, think, I think we understand what it's saying. If not, dear ones, go to PadrePeregrino.org and type in mortal sin. You will get this. <clears throat> 15 mortal sins. Hold on now. I want to make sure we still don't have a call. I'll continue with this article. We have many emails, but because Maria's article, a question about her seven-year-old brought up the subject of mortal sin, um, uh, there are so many people who do not understand they're in mortal sin, and they are. Number five, in marriage, anything that's unnatural in marriage, anything that is unnatural in marriage. Now, if there's, again, if there's children in the room, send them away, dear ones. Um, because I didn't plan to read this over the air, and I'm, I am, because it's very good. And it answers people, questions that people are even afraid to ask, even afraid to ask their priests and confessors. <clears throat> But Father Nick says this, the two greatest moral theologians of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Alphonsus Liguori, both teach that, okay, children out of the room, please. Anal sex and oral sex in marriage is a mortal sin. If you confess this sin, expect 
many parish priests to say it's not a sin. Then you will say, but St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Alphonse Liguori both say it's a mortal sin. Then your parish priest will probably say, but they're not infallible. This reveals uh, your priest's total lack of understanding of divine revelation. That's so much more than ex cathedra statements are infallible in the Catholic Church. I don't have time to revamp every priest's six years in a single blog post on mortal sins and how hundreds of popes agree with those two saints. So please just go to a traditional priest who knows this or pull out a modernist priest's favorite line, please just respect my conscience in confessing this. Terrible. We're kissing in passing is permitted anywhere on the body in marriage. St. Alphonse Liguori says that it is a mortal sin for a man... I'm just not going to describe this. I'll just say for oral sex. And St. Thomas says that it is a mortal sin to put anything... um, Let me just say... To have intercourse by the means God gave. That's what I'll say. If you want to know the exact words, go to padreperegrino.org. Um, very, very clear. And we should thank God for having this help. And if it shows sins that you've committed in the past, just go to the confessional and say, Father, I didn't know. Confess them now. You are, will be forgiven. You will be forgiven. Bless you, dear ones. Have a good weekend. Speak to you Monday.